This is the Ancazine Brief with Peter Hoffland and Sonia Portillo. In this episode of the Ancazine Brief, we talk with Dr. Michael Calagiri. Dr. Calagiri is director of the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center and CEO of the Arthur G. James Cancer Hospital and Richard J. Soloff Research Institute located in Columbus, Ohio. This year, he is also the president of the American Association for Cancer Research, AACR. My name is Peter Hofland, here with my colleague Sonia Portillo, reporting from the 2017 annual meeting of the AACR. And this is the Ongoing Brief. Dr. Caligiuri is a renowned physician scientist, known for his work in immunology that is focused on human natural killer cells and their modulation for the treatment of leukemia, myeloma, and geoblastoma. Well over 1,500 cancer patients have been treated on clinical protocols that have come out of Dr. Caligiuri's laboratory. Dr. Caligiuri has been actively involved with the AACR since 1990, serving as a member and more recently chairperson of the Publications Committee and a member of the Clinical and Translational Cancer Research Committee, among other things. He was elected by the membership to the AACR Board of Directors and served as a member of the faculty for the Scientist Survivor Program at the AACR annual meeting. He also served as a member of the faculty for the educational workshop Methods in Clinical Cancer Research. We had the opportunity to sit down with him and ask him a number of questions what he wants to accomplish during his tenure as the president of the AACR. Let's listen. Tell us a little bit about your background and why finding a cure for cancer is so important for you. Right. How does that translate to your personal goals? I mean, this year is going to be very hectic for you as uh, president of the AACR. So that background, how does that translate to your accomplishments or your goals during AACR? And what do you try to accomplish in this year?
back then, when you had cancer, first of all, you didn't talk about it, but we knew it meant one thing, you were going to die. Today, all of us know someone living successfully with cancer or cured of cancer, and there's been tremendous progress. We've got over 13 million people in America cured of cancer and probably 100,000 living successfully or more living successfully with cancer. So, great progress. So, now what's striking to me, um, and it's more emotional than it is scientific, is if you hear the word cancer, or I should say, if you hear the three words, you have cancer, sadly, it really depends who you are, where you are, what color you are, where you come from. A lot of that determines how well you'll do. And that's just not right. That's something that I believe our incredible organization, the AACR, American Association for Cancer Research, 37,000 members in 108 countries, people from all over the world. It's something we need to be concerned about. And, and importantly, we have been concerned about it. We've had 10 years in a row of conferences about this, and this is called cancer health disparity. That is to say that there are disparate or different outcomes depending who you are, what race, what ethnicity, what your social economic background is. That can actually be as important as to what cancer you have. And it shouldn't be that way. You know, if I have leukemia and you have leukemia and I'm black and you're white, we really should understand why is there a difference in our outcomes? And what can we as a scientific community, as a lay community, as advocates, well, that's uh, really interesting to hear. If you look at where your focus is, and you look at the program as it's being presented in this incredible meeting that we have here, what kind of research, what kind of things do stand out? What, what, what really excites you in that way? Many, many other things. 
So, especially when you talk about um, the, the kind of drugs that you were talking about, um, part of there is uh, noticeable is there is an enormous increase in, for example, antibody drug conjugates presented here at this meeting. If I compare that to last year, I think it's about twice as much. Um, very complex drugs. Um, immunotherapy, also very complex in a lot of ways. Um, but uh, what are your expectations? Is the complexity, is that something that we want to go for? Um, is, is it, it, what, what are some of the key things that we have to look? Because we can, take, we can make things more complex as we want to, but not, it is not always better in that way. that roam around in the blood that we can pull out with a blood sample and that can tell me, well, you know, you're going to do just well, just fine here. Mike, you're going to have trouble with this. We're going to look for something else. So looking for the biomarkers that predict outcome of a therapy is really another holy grail for cancer therapy. So that brings it a little bit in the realm of personalized medicine or targeted therapies or... Uh, things that really um, are pulled out by, for example, the new developments or ongoing developments in liquid biopsies, for example. Uh, that's the direction you think exactly. which happens? blood test might be $10, whereas a, you know, a brain biopsy is 
do that over large populations, liquid biopsies become the way to go. But, and really foundational for everything we're talking about, we need more research. And that research is done predominantly at universities, at research institutes, and that's driven by the NIH. And so we should at some point talk about, you know, what we need to do to sustain that. Because I don't think the public understands, you start cutting off that research, um, and you'll be getting a brain biopsy, you'll be getting a stomach biopsy, you'll be getting a lung biopsy, you won't be getting a liquid biopsy for 10 bucks. So shifting gears a little bit, um, last Monday, uh, former Vice President Joe Biden gave a uh, very remarkable talk discussing the progress that we've made in uh, his cancer moonshot initiative that started about last year. And, and one of the things, one of the striking things that he mentioned was, um, I think it was the fact that he emphasized, emphasized the fact that we have to collaborate, the things that really are key in that respect. Can you briefly kind of review a little bit of what he was talking about and, and what is the AACR's involvement in that? I did. And so you notice if you order a book on Amazon, what happens is in about 60 seconds after you ordered Huckleberry Finn, you get another email that says, if you like Huckleberry Finn, you'll probably like these three books. And you know, damn, if you hadn't read one of those books and you liked it. And so how did they do that? Well, they went into their database of millions and millions of readers. They found 500 people that read Huckleberry Finn, and they found the three common books that those 500 people read, and they served them up to you in a minute. My and, and it turns out that you would like those books, because maybe you read one of them already. And, you know, before you know it, they're, they're suggesting you buy a certain vacuum cleaner. And that's because they looked at what vacuum cleaner those people bought. In other words, with a single order of a book, they know you. It's personal. And all you did is order a book. Well, if we can do the same thing in healthcare, wouldn't that be amazing? And all it is is big data. And so if my cancer center has data and your cancer center has data, we need to share that data and the public needs to be interested in sharing that data so that we can build the Amazon such that when I find that your tumor um, looks like X, Y, and Z, I need to find 50 people like you so I as a clinician can say, well, how did those other 50 people with the neuroendocrine tumor and a signature of X, Y, and Z do? They're not going to be at my cancer center. That tumor is too rare, and even rarer is the X, Y, Z. And so I need to be able to look broadly across millions of records to find those 50 people. But now we can do that. We can do the sequencing. We can catalog them. And we can access it by using, using a search engine like a Google. But what that requires is sharing. And it requires patients to want the data to be shared. So the AACR is now doing work called Genie, where they're collecting sequenced genomes, or X, Y, and Z, from lots of different tumors. And they're putting them into a central database so that all the clinicians and researchers can act, access that and find out who else has a tumor like mine. And how do those patients do? That's where we're going. That's what President, Vice President Biden is talking about. With that, of course, I mean, it sounds fantastic. 
but that costs a lot of money. And one of the things that um, uh, with new legal initiatives, new laws that came um, online last year, um, also the Cancer Moonshot Initiative contributed to the possibility of 1.8 billion in research funding. However, um, more recent kind of announcements, uh, sadly, um, suggest that the new administration is going to kind of reduce that budget by, I think, what it says, 5.8 billion over, even in um, in fiscal year 2018, with uh, for the National Institute of Health, their budget. Um, how is this going to impact? Because that can be good. started doing colonoscopies on them so they never get colon cancer. That $4 million that we spent saved the state of Ohio $40 million and saved 736 life years or years of life. People that would have died in their 30s, 40s, and 50s now aren't going to die but are going to be productive, economically healthy members of society. So the whole paradox is that it's not going to Being as it is, as, as, as it's a very powerful example, uh, but still, there is researchers depend on funding, Absolutely. and and you can only do what you just mentioned if you have the proper funding. And Absolutely. some of the rumors and some of the kind of sadness that I hear is that that the, the current administration is may decide to to cut some f funds to some extent. Some people, uh, I think, uh, former Vice President Joe Biden mentioned in his speech, it means like that maybe you cut 20%, but in actual fact, you cut 90% in the actual uh, research benefits that that research brings. So what does the AACR do in, in make creating or eliminating the barriers to this and making people aware of the fact that, yeah, we have to educate them, we have to kind of work and make people understand what's at stake here? Well, we attack it. 
we give grants ourselves. The AACR has, has given about $240 million in grants to mostly young investigators, but also senior investigators that have pressing problems. So we raise money and we distribute that money uh, to people to do exciting cancer research. The second thing we do is we really do our best to educate our legislators about how, again, cutting funding for research is really ultimately telling a patient, you don't have cancer, you know, I'm an oncologist, I'm a kidney doctor. And the greatest satisfaction I've had is when I follow the three words, I'm sorry to tell you, you have cancer, with I have some really good news. And you know what? If you have cancer, nothing you want more than really good news. And cutting this funding is going to keep that away. Perhaps most importantly, it's going to lose jobs. And so here we are, um, you know, opening coal mines to get people back to work, which has its wonderful economic upside, of course, maybe some environmental downside, but there's some economic upside to that. And yet we're going to slash an R&D budget, research and development budget, by 20, nearly 20%, the NIH budget. Those people are going to be out of work. All those young people who gone to college, have debt, looking to buy a home, integrate into society, put their kids in school, they're all going to be out of work. And you know what? We're going to create a whole other set of problems beyond slowing down the cures of cancer, a whole other set of unemployment problems for our youngest, brightest citizens in the country. So it just isn't that simple. But I think the AACR is out there talk, you know, giving grants, talking to our congressional Senate leaders, and then, you know, um, most importantly, we have a program called Survivor Sciences Program, and we have hundreds of advocates that come to this meeting, and they have access to tens of thousands of patients. So we educate them about the importance of science, and they, in turn, through social media and other communications, um, reach their so we're doing, we're hitting it on all fronts, all that we can to make sure that, you know, our president understands the impact, our legislators understand the impact, and our communities understand the impact. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. My pleasure. An interesting interview. What I liked was the simplicity of how Dr. Kalajuri explains some of the important and pressing issues. Absolutely. With such an approach, I'm convinced that this year will indeed be a very exciting year. Some of this excitement is noticeable in the science presented at the 2017 AACR meeting. In our next episode, we will interview some of the key researchers in the treatment of cancer and the progress made in solving some of the complexities with targeted and personalized therapies, including antibody drug conjugates and immuno-oncology approaches. Until next time, I'm Peter Hofland. I'm Sonia Portillo. And this is the Oncogene Brief. The Oncozine Brief is produced for Sun Valley Communication by Peter Hoffland, Sonia Portillo, Evan Wint, David Kaler, and Sean Mayer, and distributed by PRX, Public Radio Exchange, and InPress Media Group. Support for the Oncozine Brief comes from our listeners and commercial underwriters. For more information about underwriting options, contact Sean Mayer at 949 923 1660 or visit our website at oncozine.com forward slash underwriting. The Oncozine Brief contains health and medicine related information 
and is provided for educational and informational purposes only. The content is not intended as a substitute for professional medical or health advice and does not replace your doctor's advice. Your doctor is the best person to answer questions about your personal health. If you hear something in this program that doesn't agree with what your doctor has told you, ask him or her about it.